This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Saturday, it is the 18th of February 2023, and today we're talking about Ira. Should we be relying on it? You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you this fine Saturday? I am gorgeous, thank you, Stephen Scott. I am off the commode. Everyone <gasps> rejoice. Thank well you. Done. Thank you. I am sat on a normal chair. I'm incredibly uncomfortable. I've got to say, I've come accustomed to the commode. That's oh, you'd rather go back, would you? I would rather go back, yeah, but I think it's socially unacceptable. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad it's we've got the show, commode honest. update. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't done anything to take up that commode, like it's a smart commode that could clean itself out. Now, that would be clever. Okay, you took that in a totally unacceptable uh, tone there, Stephen. <laughs> Doesn't he clean it up? Let me say this again. I haven't used it. It was delivered, and I just found it a nice chair. Is it one of those ones that's like a potty with a, with a cushion that goes on yes. top? Yes. Yes, it is. It's That's bad exactly. that I know that, but yes, I won't tell you why. But let's just say elderly folks in the family, right? So you can kind of get the idea. Yes, but, um, let's move on. Yeah. Anyway, it's good to know. What colour was it? Was it brown? I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm disabled. I have no idea what oh, colour right. it was. Yeah. I've got to say, my bathroom at the minute looks like a a, a blacksmith's uh, place because it's wow. just full of metal work. And, oh, um, I see. Right. Yes, okay. But <laughs> I'm feeling better. Anyway, it's a great day. Happy Saturday. Oh, oh dear. I bet you wish you'd never brought that one up. Uh, okay. <laughs> With us today to talk all about uh, Ira, actually, and uh, being independent, which seems very appropriate at this point, <laughs> is uh, a guest, a good friend of mine. Uh, you know, this is the man who got me into radio. It's all his fault, folks. So blame him. Uh, he is Ian Hamilton. He is from the BBC. Well, he's not from the BBC, but he works for the BBC. <laughs> he wasn't produced by them. Uh, but he is uh, working at the BBC in Scotland and is a good friend of mine. Ian, thanks for coming on. No, don't blame me for your career. That's, that's harsh. <laughs> harsh. <laughs> don't blame me for this. Um, listen, good to have you on because I wanted to talk about Ira. In fact, you and I were out for dinner or lunch, was it? Lunch? Yeah, um, lunch. Lunch slash dinner. Lunch. 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 Yeah, that's right. It was liner, yeah, lunch, lunch and dinner. Um, and we were out having a nice time. A long lunch. A, long a very lunch. long lunch, yes. Uh, it was enjoyable, though, and we talked about lots of things. But one subject that came up was this topic around Ira and, of course, the changes that have been made at Ira. And you had a rather interesting proposition. You were, you were talking about essentially what we need to do about Ira. So, yes, over to you. It's an, yeah, it was an interim. I mean, when Ira first came here, was it 2020 it came here, guys? Mm. I think it was, no, wasn't it? Was it? Up just before that, was it? Um, just I got just after the lockdown. When I signed up for it, it was just after the lockdown. And I thought, yeah, this is good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this. It'll be handy out and about. And I was looking forward to it coming. So I'm a big fan of Ira. So I've got to put that out there, first of all. But as time has gone on and we're hearing the prices are going up and things are changing, and I'm fully aware that the prices do have to go up. They can't stay the same forever. I wonder if I've become, in some ways, slightly over-dependent on Ira. I have survived for over 50, well over 50 years not using Ira, and all of a sudden um, i become slightly over-dependent. I'm a bit concerned what's going to happen next year should the prices go up further, and I can no longer afford Ira. Something about very slowly weaning myself off it because I felt that I was leaning on it a bit too much and maybe losing some of my independence because I was depending on it a little bit too much for things that I used to do myself and had no problem doing myself. And I also wonder, perhaps, and I've heard Sean speak about this in the past, of whether the free call was necessarily a good idea. And I wonder if Ira won't have that free call element of it. Perhaps they maybe need to hire some volunteers in a way that be my, be my eyes do it. And if that, they want to continue that part of the service. Or, be my eyes, maybe they want to go more professional and charge people to have a more professional service mm -hmm. of that, to get to give a better competition and choice. 
And I just wondered what you guys thought about that, because you guys are both IRA users. And I wonder if they've created a sense of dependency on it. And one more thought of fucking continue, if it's okay. I'm not sure, guys, sure. But, that's, that's the top. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're supposed to do, right? <laughs> but um, I also wonder if the prices are going to go up. And, and this is no criticism of the agents, because the agents are excellent. But they do have to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And they're quite often very good at it. But if they're going to have such a massive increase in their prices, my expectations of them are also going to go, are also going to increase because every pound is literally going to be a prisoner to me for that service. I'm not going to have time, literally a minute to waste, if they don't know what they're doing. Now, in the moment, I will cut them a bit of slack because I'm very aware that they have to be a jack of all trades. But if they want to be far more professional, I'm going to expect an awful lot more from them, and that's not fair. Okay, so look, I think before we delve too deeply into this, and I think there's many, many ways we can take this conversation, and I think it's a fantastic premise, but I I think we all will agree that, you know, we're all, first off, we're all IRA subscribers here, and I have been for a while, and enjoyed the service. Yeah, and enjoyed it a lot. I mean, and you've yeah. been a free subscriber, Sean. You're one of the people we want to get rid of. Yeah, yeah really yes, you. but we, we <laughs> did <laughs> sign up. It's before the new prices kicked in, I did sign up for at the old price, just the lowest Ooh. level. Yeah. So Ooh, I am now well. okay. subscribing. Right. Yeah, yeah, the club, you can join. You can, you can join you. those covers. Okay. Thank you. But I think, it, it, you know, at this stage, the service has become, and, and this is what I'm interested to, to go to, or where I'd like to go to first with you, Ian, because you say you've become reliant on it. What specifically do you think that you have you use it for, that you rely on it so much for? Um, I think at one time I would go through my hometown here and you're looking maybe for a shop, don't you, that, lad, that last 10 feet issue that we always yeah, think yeah. about, and you can't find the door. Well, before I would just go and ask a passerby, you know, where's the door to the local cafe? And they go, eh, just up your, on your left, mate, you know, 30 feet or 10 feet or just on your left, and they would tell you. Have a good Scots tongue in your head, Stephen. As you know, we just mm-hmm. just ask the people who go by. Now I spend more time trying to get on to Ira, get a signal when I can just ask somebody. So I find myself leaning Ira much more than I need to or should, perhaps sometimes, just because mm-hmm. it gives me a it's that sense of having a safety net. Well, as I say, I survived for over fifty years without having a safety net. I managed quite happily got round travelled around the country extensively without any of that kind of technology. I was I was kind of you know I had mobility training through guide dogs and through other means of getting getting around independently. So why all of a sudden do I need Ira? And I just wonder if it's become a psychological crutch to lean on, which actually I don't need, and maybe I become a bit over dependent on it. And what I'm concerned about if there is a dramatic increase in prices next year, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of slowly wean myself off this dependency. Maybe it's some sort of user, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, though. But, I know what you mean. But, but, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's hard to explain, but it be, it, it was a bit of a not a gimmick at the beginning. It was useful at the beginning, but particularly we were having to do quite a lot of social distancing. It was really useful. But as time has gone on, I thought, yeah, am I using this the way I want to use it? Has it just become a you know? Has it become just a bit of a habit rather than a necessity? No. I'm fortunate I live, I share a house with somebody who's sighted and that's not always going to be the case for a lot of people and they do use it and it's extremely important to them and if they can't afford it, it's going to be a real struggle. I get that, I genuinely get that. So I'm just talking from my perspective that if I'm not able to afford it next year, I'm having to think about maybe relying the skills that I had before rather than relying on IRA. Discuss. Wow. Um, mm. It's an interesting point and I've heard this argument uh, just in technology in general, I know there's a few people that have said people are too reliant on you know mobility apps, GPS or orientation, soundscape, things like that, and actually they think it's to the detriment of your O and M, your mobility and you know your independent skills, and that, that they think that you shouldn't actually use a smartphone or the apps all well, the time well, either. That, see that that's that's going too far now, Sean. Um, <laughs> but I think, I'm I not think agreeing a, with it. I think there's a big difference between paying quite a large amount of money every month to something that you might not necessarily need, where actually technology could do the trick, couldn't it? Where I was maybe yeah. using Blind Square before or, or or Google Maps and it did the trick. Or I could use FaceTime 
in video and just ask one of my friends or family to say, is this, is this the cafe I'm looking for? There's other ways There's other ways of doing it, which are maybe a bit cheaper and will have the same result. And you could make that argument about anything, right? You could say, well, you we, can. Of we, you we can. shouldn't but depend on people because... No, 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 no that's yeah. true. Well, yeah, it's true, Steve. But I suppose the point I'm trying to make is if, if the price stayed the same, and I wonder if this is a good business model for Ira, and I'm just wondering if other people are thinking the same. And I suppose, that the, the, again, I go back to that other point I made about expectations. You know, I'm quite happy to pay that. If the money didn't change next year, of that fear of it not increasing dramatically, we don't know what's going to happen next year, as you know. But if it does go up quite dramatically, I don't want to be in a situation where I've become very dependent on it but can no longer afford it. Yeah. I think that's my fear. I was going to ask you that. Is it the fear of the cost or is it the fear of the service essentially going away because people just can't afford to be part of it, so it just dwindles, it just dies? It's a difficult balance, isn't it? It is a difficult balance. I think because that's, that's a reality. Both, that's a yeah, reality we true. could face. Both are true. Both are true. They are true. Yeah, but aren't you paying for the convenience of it? Maybe it's not a necessity that you need it and you're over-reliance on it. It's just that it's more convenient. We've all had those situations. I, look, we talked about this the other day. The best mobility tool we have is our mouse, right? Simply asking someone. And 90% of the time, they're great. Everyone's fantastic. But you do get that odd occasion where people just don't get it and they just don't talk to you or they just point or whatever it may be. And, you know, that's where Ira comes into its own, like you say, the last 10 yards problem or whatever it may be. Assuming um, you get a signal. Well, yeah. that's right. And as soon as I, <laughs> it's great. But I, when I've started going to hospital appointments and that, I, I, I use Ira to, you know, where's the door? Where's the main entrance? Gets me in there. As soon as I step through the door, bang, connection's gone. Yeah. I'm totally, yeah. <laughs> totally lost. But, <laughs> yeah. but back to asking somebody again where the counter is, yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely right. And again, 90% of the time, it's cool. I guess it's at what point, what what price do you put on convenience, right? I, I don't know. I don't know. At what point do you say this is now too expensive? That's a very individual thing, right? But well, what, think- about the, what about the other, sorry, Steve, what about the other point of, about expectations? You know, if if the price goes up quite quite significantly, and they say we don't know that yet, so we'll need to wait and see. Well, we know, we know roughly where it's going because we know yeah, the new price. Yeah, so... That's going to be expectations, isn't it? We're going to expect an awful lot more from the agents. So what you're saying is you want to get essentially the, the standard that you're paying for, which is a lot more than you're paying right now. So you, let's say the price doubles. You would right. expect double the quality. You'd expect double yes. the, the, yes. the... Yeah. Yeah, with the increase in price comes expectation. Yeah. But hang on. Sorry, what aren't you getting now that you 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 would expect? Because I I, I kind of agree with you. I'm, I'm much more patient and, um, I don't know, giving with a Be yeah. My Eyes volunteer than I am with Ira. I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to be respectful and nice, you know, polite, but I may be a little bit more, okay, I need this, I need this, can we get this done? You know, especially when I was on the five-minute call thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what, what are you expecting that you're not getting right now. What what else would you expect if you were paying more? Well, I think you. I think I think the scale's quite an interesting when you talk about it. Sure, with be my eyes, you cut people a lot of slack because they're just volunteers, right? Yeah. You don't you don't expect them to know the things you know. Then with agents at the moment, with Ira, you expect them to be able to do quite a, a, a lot more, a lot more for what we're paying. But then they're comparing it with a much more professional service, like. Um, Deaf interpretation. I think that's a. I don't think that's an appropriate parallel at all. You know, because deaf interpretation is about one skill, and that's a very high skill. But it's about interpretation. The the IRA service is much broader than that. It's anything from helping you from cook to find a door in a cafe to doing things in your com- your computer. So these agents have to be multi. As I say, they have to be a jack of all trades. Now, yeah, that's a good point. We do, actually, we, yeah. we don't have we, we don't have time. At that price, if you get someone and they're an IT expert, but actually what what we want is a mobility you know, uh, skill yeah. that they've got. So these agents are going to have to be highly, highly skilled at a whole range of subjects, which I think is kind of unfair because we're going to have, our expectations are going to be higher as well because I'm, I'm going to be paying a lot of money if that's the case. And, and there's also the expectation of getting through. As well, because many and people have had this problem, yeah, you know, yeah, where they can't yeah. get through, and and th- th- that has been laid, uh, their blame has been laid at the door of the free five minute call, um, which may be addressed by the changes they've made in the last few months. But you know, there is a there is, I think, a question mark has to be surely in Ira's HQ uh, with the people at the top. They must be thinking now is the time to end the free call 
Because it's at the point where, and I put this point to Troy and Janine at the company when they were on, which is there comes a point, surely, when the free five-minute call, if it is so restrictive as it is, what is it now, one every 48 hours or something? Um, you know, like if it's every, that, every, that... Every, every leap year. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> but, but if it's at that point, it's, it's almost it's a, pointless, it's, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's pointless. It's utterly pointless. Yeah, I mean, surely at that point you're just calling Be My Eyes. Yeah. You know, I've I've actually felt find myself using be my eyes a little bit more. Actually. I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm paid yeah. for either, but I use be yeah, my eyes. Yeah. So I wonder if it's part of my detox, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> it's your uh, methadone. Be my eyes is yeah. the methadone for Ira. I, I don't know. I, 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 someone else brought this up as well. I do think there is um, reason to look into uh, be my eyes, like a be my eyes plus or be my eyes premium where yeah. they do have agent stuff. Mm. But then they're going to fall into the same track, uh, the trap that Ira have, and that is uh, agents need to be paid. Yes, and, uh, but, but I think no there's a difference here. I think there's something different in this because Be My Eyes started as volunteer-driven, right? So it started out that way, and it has a phenomenal number of volunteers around the world who are available yeah. at any time. And I still see tweets to this day from people saying, hey, I've just had my first Be My Eyes call. It was incredible. And, you know, I managed to help this guy do this thing. And everyone seems really excited by it. It's like a really, everyone feels good out of it. You know, the person who, who needs the help gets the support. The person who gives the support feels good. And I know some people might say, well, that's not really how we want it to be. I actually don't mind that. I think, look, if I need the help, I need the help. And if they feel good as a result of it, I'm okay with that. So that's one thing. So you've already got that built up. That's that's already there. If you add the pro version, they start at a better place because essentially, if you think about it, if you compare the free five-minute call from Ira to the Be My Eyes volunteer call, well, that's well covered. And if you need the pro aspect, that as in someone who maybe does something a bit more, like say with your finances or with billing or you know reading a, a letter that you maybe want read and it has personal information on it, then you could maybe use the pro version, which is maybe a, a bundle of minutes you buy, or you know, in a similar kind of way either works. But they could build that up more slowly based on demand from where they are because they already have the volunteer base. Whereas at the moment, it's the other way around with Ira. The, the free part is hmm. actually problematic for the whole I, business because if more people are calling up for free, then the people who are paying money can't get through. Yeah, but don't, don't forget, even subscribers get the five minutes free. Which I, I, even that well. I don't understand. I, I don't even get why that is. It does seem is. a little bit weird. Just give us the extra five minutes on top of the... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. But look, the thing that makes... <clears throat> excuse me. The thing that makes Ira so useful is the agent's access to that dashboard, right? I, I, I rang Ira the other day about this keyboard, this MX Keys Advance that I've got, and asked them, can you pull up the manual? for me to find out where, because I thought the, um, you know, to connect a device was F1, F2, F3, and it's not. They're separate keys on here. And um, the, they pulled it up so quickly. Now, trying to do that through a Be My Eyes agent, uh, a Be My Eyes volunteer, it, it, they wouldn't have done that. I don't think they'd have... No, 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 I'm not saying they would. No, Sean, they're not, but they're not volunteers, as Stephen says. They'd be trained agents, and it's exactly the same way. They've got a similar dashboard, hopefully. Yeah. As, as, they got, as they would have a tyra, so yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a fair parallel to have a more professional um, approach to it. As Stephen says, be my eyes would be starting from a different place. As, in a yeah. sense, they could they could learn from the mistakes of Ira, couldn't they? But, but what I'm saying, having that framework in place of that software, that dashboard that they've got, and the various services you mentioned there, Stephen, about someone just you know reading your uh, more maybe confidential letters and things like that, and going through finances. I, I don't think that's so much what you're paying for for the agent. As I said, I think it's more that the software they have in place that makes it easier, the GPS functionality and things like that. But yeah, but the point is that that could be replicated through Be My Eyes. Be My Eyes could have an but equivalent of that. there is a cost to that, no matter what, where yes, they're of starting course. from. Yeah, no, that, absolutely. That's, that's right. But but the difference is that they have, I mean, don't forget the difference with Be My Eyes as a company is that they have got a lot of professional networks already through Microsoft, through Google, through totally other agree. companies yeah. who are essentially paying for the service to exist. Now, I don't know how much it costs for Be My Eyes to run, because if you think about it, if it's volunteers providing the service, then really you're talking about the infrastructure of the app itself, I guess, is really where where the cost comes in. And I don't know what that is. I don't imagine it's cheap, but it, it clearly is being covered by the cost of the corporate partnerships. And ideally, what you would want to happen, if I was running Be My Eyes, I'd be thinking, well, if we could leverage some of that corporate money to try and start like a pro version of Be My Eyes, 
that could be the way to to fill that need to to become that alternative. You know, I'm not looking to do either out of business here. No one is. But the truth no. is, competition's not a, a bad thing. And it might drive IRA in the right direction. It might actually help them succeed. Or maybe they get together and it becomes Be My IRA. Who knows? Well, that's <laughs> not a bad idea. So why don't they, why doesn't IRA or Be My Eyes put a, a, a get together in some respects where Be My Eyes could offer the best the of both version? Yeah. And IRA give the, the pro version. Maybe that's, maybe you're right, Steve. Maybe that's the way to do it. If Janine and Troy are listening, there you go. There's an idea for you. Well, I know, I know that Janine listens, so you never <laughs> know. Year, well, hello, hello Janine. Um, <laughs> but but I mean, I want to I want to be very clear about something. I love Ira, and that's part of the problem. Yes, exactly. That is that for me. That is a fundamental problem. I love Ira. I think that without exception, the agents are great, and I just fear that just to go back that if they have a massive, and this goes back to their, their announcement a few weeks ago. I think where the problem is put this doubt in my mind. This has put doubt in my mind. I think if they haven't rolled out and d- did it the way they did it and created all that confusion, perhaps I wouldn't be thinking the way I'm thinking now. And I just wonder if I'm perhaps not alone in thinking the way I'm thinking. And the, the reaction online was pretty severe. Some people going off the deep a end and ex- saying, a I'm ex- off. A bit extreme. A bit extreme yeah, I mean, it, it was. I, and some of it was a bit extreme. I must admit, when I read some of it, I thought, this yeah, is, some yeah. of this is nonsense. But yeah. and, and people quitting for the sake of quitting, for no reason, really. I mean, yeah. people you were got complaining. You've got, you got a year exactly, to go. Exactly. You've got a year yeah, to yeah, go yeah. on your... I mean, the, the, the prices weren't increasing for a year, and yet people were, were saying, oh, I, I can't stay with it. And do you know the one thing that I cannot stand? Hmm. I'm putting it out there now. I'm sure people know me well enough to know I think this way, but honestly... <laughs> Get it off your chest. I, honestly, see people who do things on principle. On principle, I. It's like you're cutting off your own nose despite your face on the sake of. So you now no longer have access to a service you really actually need and and value mm, just mm. because it looks good. Okay, so good what for you. We, we have no principles. It's, that's right. We've no principles at all. It's like these people that tell me all Can't the time. Argue. I, I had a friend once who said to me, "Why do you shop at Amazon? You know, you know, Amazon is a terrible company. The way they treat their staff." And I said, "Yeah, and and." and as a disabled person, trying to get access to stuff and buy stuff and get it home at a good price, you know, good value, good delivery times, that's quite challenging. That's that's not easy. I can't just dip in, jump into the car and go off yep. to the town centre and buy something whenever Absolutely I feel good. like it. You know, fast food services are the same. Oh, why do you use that? Why don't you go out for a meal? Hey, okay, I would like to do that. But then there's costs, there's associations, there's where the I, things I, are. I'd probably say, why not cook your own meal? <laughs> Steve. Well, that's another option, I suppose. Yes. Why not? Some eating, Stephen. Maybe I'm just trying to tell you subtly in a different way. They're perhaps. telling me I'm fat. That's what they're trying to tell me. Uh, I don't think that's a bad word, by the way, just to put it out there. Yeah, yeah, okay, well done. You could take that. Me. Yeah. I, I, I want to say, I want to go back to your point as well about the deaf um, translation services. Mm. Yeah. Interpretation, um, yeah. Uh, uh, interpretation, thank you. And I'll the, interpret the, that for you. Well done. Mm-hmm. The, stop it. I think the point they're trying to make in the comparison they make are maybe not about the actual services themselves, but they're trying to make the point that the government are are, are more likely to provide those services to the hard of hearing and deaf. Uh, and they want this this IRA service to be seen as, as equivalent to that and should be um, almost government funded, right? That's what they're aiming for. They're trying to make that point rather than relying on individual personal subscriptions. I think that's what they're trying. I'm not, I don't think they're comparing the actual um, services themselves, but just that this is an essential service almost, and this should be something that could be provided by government and uh, departments. Fair point. I think yeah. that's showing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a fair point, actually. I'm not, I, I think that they do... They do talk a lot about it, which makes you think that they are comparing, but you might be right. Yes. Maybe it's more yes. of a, just a, a comparison but in terms of the world. The they, put, they, put that, they put that in our heads, Stephen. That we'd, yes, <laughs> that's right. This, they, put this, they put this idea. And that's why I go back to Visual interpretation. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I, I just think that the agents, without exception, I mean, I've not had, may, I've not had many bad agents. I've had the odd one, but not on the whole, I would say 95, 98% of them are pretty, pretty good and deal with many situations you throw at them. But it goes back to this idea about expectations. Of this well, it's funny you say I'm, that because you know, I've I've not had bad experiences on Be My Eyes almost ever. 
but then I think the expectation going into the call is it's like if they can't help me, I'm okay with it. I'll just call I did, back. I, yeah, I just treat them like a passerby. Being yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It, is, that, is, that, is that pure? I mean, I know it's random when you call Ira, but there's, there are expectations. But with me, I have zero expectations. And every good call is a positive call. And if it's a negative call, and just like meeting any other you know person in the street who's not very helpful, it makes no difference. And the fact they've signed up for it, you know, surely means that they're interested in doing it. Or they would, or otherwise, surely they wouldn't have signed up for it. I suppose it's similar to when you employ a PA, you know, or a support worker, rather than mm. just asking the guy in the street. You know, if you're paying yeah. someone to give you a service, then you you sort of, you, you have expectations. Yeah. I totally well, Actually, that. it's interesting you bring that up because I have started hearing people in the UK through the Access to Work scheme uh, telling me that they are now receiving IRA uh, minutes, essentially, or IRA support uh, through access to work. Now, I don't know how widespread this is. I don't know how many people are getting access to this, but I think that's a really good thing. And I think this is one area where IRA themselves need to start pushing into. I don't know if they know about the access to work scheme. So, guys, if you don't, get in touch. It's, uh, I believe, UK government, PLC, PO Box 1, Government, Westminster, England. Just, that's not um, the address, just for it legal reasons. How do you know? <laughs> How do you know? It might be. I bet if you put it, that... It might be. Okay. If you put that... Listen, I watched a documentary about Judy Dench and someone said they, they had written a letter to her and they wrote on it, Judy Dench, England, and it got to her. So I think if you write UK government PLC... Okay. <laughs> England, it'll get there, right? Um, anyway, and then get to Santa, way. who doesn't exist, I'm sure they can get to. It does exist <laughs> for legal reasons. Santa may or may not exist. All the children a couple of years. Uh, no children listen to this show, we're fine. But... No. Um, Wow, Scottish people, unbelievable. <laughs> straight to the point, straight to the point. But yeah, I mean, that could be really useful, having that available. And that actually would be brilliant because it would cover the costs. And maybe that's one way of you know, well, making this more available. That's why I think the, the, the com comparison to you know, uh, services for the hard of hearing comes in. I think mm. that's exactly what they're aiming for. Mm. I would much rather, I, I used to have a support worker back in the day, but all the cuts and everything that happened over here in the UK, I simply could not afford one anymore. I was expected to put so much towards the cost of that. And it, it became unusual, uh, unusable. Um, unusual. Yeah, <laughs> unusual. Not for me. It's not yeah, unusual. It's still going to um, awkward. <laughs> but if I could use Ira, a lot of the things that I use my support worker for, I could replace with Ira. So if I could get mm -hmm. that as a service, uh, yeah, absolutely. I could see that working perfectly. So what does that leave us then? Um, well, Lisa's going to a break. That's what it leaves us with. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to continue this because I want to I want to delve in a bit deeper on this question of you know how reliant are we on tech. I think that's actually a really interesting point that Sean brought up earlier. So I want to dig into that a bit more. This is Double Tap. Stay there. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap on Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. There you go, we're back. That was quick, wasn't it? Uh, right, let's get back into it and uh, talk about... We're talking about IRA today and, and ultimately what happens when the prices do go up next year. Do we stay or do we go? As I believe it was The Clash who once said. Oh, um, well done. Specifically about this issue, yes. Yeah, You're so with it. I am. Yeah. <laughs> The old DJ days are not far away, are they? Really? <laughs> That's right, yeah. That was your fault, Ian. So much you made rubbish that. on the radio for years. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about this subject around you know our, our reliance on tech more generally. Do you think, Ian Hamilton, I put it to you. Yes, Stephen Scott. <laughs> that we are a little bit over-reliant on our technology. And is that actually a good thing or could that be a negative? You know, when the power goes out or Russia has its way. I remember I had so much technology in the past. Every time I plugged it in at night, the street lights used to dim. I had that much of it. And now I've just got an iPhone. It does it all for me. So yeah, you'd, have to, you'd have to kind of wrench this out of my cold, dead hands. I would never give it up because the best thing about the iPhone is not the phone. That's the worst bit of the phone. So do I rely on technology? I rely on the right kind of technology. And if it, if it works for you and it gives you independence, it's great. You know, um, we, before we put started this programme, Sean and I were speaking that we went to the same college at different times. I'm slightly older than he is. Mm. And technology was quite different in the 80s compared to what it is now. We remember we were writing in an old manual typewriter. Mm -hmm. Would we go back to that? No, I don't think we would. Of course we wouldn't. We, we embrace technology. So... I don't think it's about relying in, uh, I'm against relying on technology if it all goes wrong, but I still think it's important 
as vision impaired people, they have some basic skills that we rely on. And Sean and I were also speaking how we rebelled against our typing teachers and how we hated it so much. Yep. But here today, it's a skill. MD, listen to this. If MD shows you to go to, to learn how to do touch typing, do it. Sign up for it. It's painful. You'll cry a lot. A lot of banging heads <laughs> against tables. But you must do it because... I, I rebelled against it, and here I am working, you know, work at the BBC. I type every day, and it's a skill that is essential. So, you know, technology moves on, and we have to embrace it. But to become, uh, you need basic skills. Is basically what I'm saying to to, mm. fall, to to use the technology effectively. So I heard you say the other day there that if you've got an iPhone, get yourself a Bluetooth keyboard. I agree with that 100. percent But to use a Bluetooth keyboard effectively. Touch typing is is important. Can so I tell you? Yeah. Can I, can I, I tell you? That's my, my, my guide dog barking in the background. That's, that's quite all right. No, Major is doing a fantastic job uh, scaring away the neighbours. That's good. Relying on guide dogs too much? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Sean, that is oh, a really a good topic. point. Wow. No, yeah, wow. There's wow. another. We could go that way in a minute. We could if we go that another show. Yeah. We could, that's a whole other show, right? Well, right, that, okay. we have talked about that in the show. Yeah, that's a subject that, that does come up. I think that's a fair point, Tushy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was joking, by the way. I, I don't think you are. It's absolutely fine. Before we get emails. Wow. So um, I, I bought myself something. There's a surprise. Uh, I bought myself. Uh, so you know, you just mentioned the Bluetooth keyboard thing, right? I've got a Logitech MX Keys Mini that Logitech very kindly sent me. It's a beautiful keyboard. Um, this was the one they sent me a while back with the K380 to play with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, you got HomePods. Don't even go there. Hello, Logitech. I've broken my leg. Yeah, yeah. You're trying that one in them. Try it again. Right. Well, you know, one thing you have to buy your uh, keyboard because it'll come off. Something I'm blind. Yes, <laughs> send me something. I'm blind, don't you know. Um, I uh, I'm off to Vienna next week on this trip for the Zero Project conference. I'm looking forward to that and getting my stuff together. So I bought myself something, which on the surface will seem pathetic. I think it's a great idea, and that is a case for my Logitech MX keys. Oh. I actually get you can get a case no. for it. It's so good, a little zippy why, case. Why do you, you can open it up and so it's got much. foam in yeah, there. You're, you're, a bit too, you're a bit too reliant on cases. That's I am. I'm very reliant on cases. <laughs> I really am. Um, you know, what happened, to that, what happened to the case for the uh, Apple Magic keyboard that you had? Oh, you, the one I left at Sci Village two yes, years ago. Ex- exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're no. pointless. Still well, never came why back. do you want a case for your keyboard? Because it keeps it safe. I mean, you don't want to put this in a case. You want to put this in a bag? What will happen? It'll be destroyed Nothing. by the well, time I get there. What have you got in your bag that's going to destroy a keyboard? Yeah, exactly. Back of sweeties. Yeah. <laughs> I, in my head, it'll just be destroyed when I get there and it needs a case. I okay. Have, I have, I've been carrying keyboards in my bag for a number of years and I haven't broken one yet. Well, you see, there's always a first time. I did once get somewhere and a couple of keys were missing. So I don't know what that tells you. Fake news. But anyway, I got myself a nice little keyboard case. But yes, I do want to dig in on this a bit more because I think we do I think we do use a lot of tech all the time. I must admit, I don't think I'm quite as reliant on it as some people are. Some people will use it for absolutely everything. Uh, talking GPS or, you know, even audiobooks. I tend to kind of mix it up a little bit. I'll say, well, I'll use my iPhone for most stuff and then I'll use say a Victor Reader stream for my audiobooks and it means that first off I can listen to a book without getting endless notifications in amongst it. So that's quite nice. Or you know I can listen to a podcast on there or whatever. You know, I can spread the spread the load a little spread, bit rather than having it all on one Yeah, rather than just on one device, you know. I mean although in saying that, the iPhone does make life a million times easier. Yeah, Other phones are available, yeah. but you know I don't want to sometimes luddite them against technology. I'm just you know I'm just making the point that sometimes maybe we have to be a bit more Flexible and maybe get ourselves skilled up a little bit more. The things yeah, that I didn't want to do 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what are those skills then? What are you saying are the essential basic skills? We're talking what using a white stick, even mobility, or yeah. are you saying braille is an essential skill that everyone should learn? Mm, that's a tricky one, right? Because deadly, um, deadly, deadly stat tumbleweed. Because <laughs> <laughs> as much as we're all braille fans, and we yeah. are. Um, is it an well? That's a very that's a that's a very different question to mobility and everything else. I think they are all essential skills in some ways. The problem with braille is that it's such a catch. It's it's, it's such a chance that you'll learn it. You know, it's all down to really the education as a kid. You know, I think if you're older, yes, I'm, I'm seeing more courses and things available now where you know, like Hadley Institute and the Braille the Braillist Foundation in the UK, they're pushing for braille to be used not as you know a way to sit and read lots of books or 
be used for text, but more for labeling or for you know for doing things around the home. I think that's good and that makes sense. But I, I, I put Braille in a different well, category. If any, if any young visual impaired blind person is listening to this, as someone who's worked in broadcasting for quite a few years, I would say one of my biggest regrets, my biggest regrets, is not continuing with my Braille. Yeah. And I, I think, think we all agree with that. Yeah, I agree I, with I that. Think, I think if you want to go into staying broadcasting, you know, I can do basic Braille. And I got up to, I got up to grade two, but I never kept it going. I fell into become too reliant on computers. And I think well, that's interesting, that, yeah. You know, I think I never kept my Braille going. And it had been a great skill because I've got to end up my, oh, my car, I'll show my wee tape machine. I'll let you hear my tape machine in a second. I end up relying on some new technology where actually it doesn't work in certain situations. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we'd have had a Braille script here? Not that you guys have a script, but you know what I mean. No, there's no script. And, and, you, and, you, could, and you, had it, you had it in front of you and you could rely on it for notes rather than try to listen to a piece of audio in your ear yeah. while trying to conduct an interview. It's, it's actually, you know, it's, it's not easy, to be honest with you. It's people. incredibly it's difficult. And I, I've I can done it. never do I've it. Done it. I've done it, and it's not easy. And yeah. I think, wouldn't that be fantastic? So, yeah. I think Braille is important, and that's one of my biggest regrets. Yeah, I mean, Ramia Amnuthan, who does the Kelly and Ramia show on AMI, they, she was on the show recently, and she was talking about this. She was saying that she uses JAWS all the time to essentially read to her. Well, you know, she she has a script with JAWS, and I just can't get my head around it. I've tried it. I, I did it for a little while. Um, I could only manage three-word sentences. I could read – I remember reading the weather report, and for some reason that when I – Last job I was on, I was doing the weather report. The weather report was really long and arduous. It was like a, a journey in itself. Scott, it's going to be rain. It's raining today. Well, that's yeah, that's raining. the thing, but it was like, you know, in the south, it's the southeast, it's, it's going to be it's this, rain. and in the north, it's going to be that, and then tomorrow, and then looking ahead to seven days' time. And, you know, I had all this stuff, and I had to, I condensed the whole thing down to individual lines, three word sentences. So I could just arrow through and just essentially speak it as I, I went. And I remember recording it, listening to it back. <laughs> it sounded like TTS. I just said, yeah. I don't know whether just like, I'm just ranting this. See, I may as well have just easy. plugged it in and just played that out. Absolutely. Well, and that's well, where well, Braille well, comes well, into it. Yeah, It does. And I remember doing a phone-in program a number of years ago. And um, well, in some ways it was quite freeing because people would over-rely on scripts as well. But I'd have my, I take Braille bullet points in. And it's mm. more or less what you're saying. Yep. I find out the Braille bullet points kind of did, did the trick for me. That that was enough to get me by because there's nothing worse being on live radio, as you guys know, and your mind goes blank. Yep. And, you know, having the Braille notes here just gives you that kind of wee bit of a safety net. So, yeah, I think Braille... Is an essential. Well, I have actually, that, that, funnily enough, for, for Vienna next week, that's one thing I am doing because I do have a lot of names I've got to remember, a lot of mm. information, and I have, well, I've not done yet, I will be brailing it out on my Perkins. That's how old fashioned I go. Um, but it works. It, it works. does. Doesn't, it and does it gives work. me a physical piece of paper rather than reliant on a piece of tech because, you know, it's things like people say, well, you know, you could use, you know, JAWS and, and maybe even a braille display. I, I'm not as comfortable. I don't know about you guys. I feel. And I'm just going to put it out there. When it comes to Braille displays and computers, it feels like it's a secret society that I'm just not welcome in. Because I cannot understand when I connect these things together, the information that's coming down from the computer just never seems to marry up no, properly. It doesn't, make, it doesn't make any sense. And you've got all these characters yeah, and things yeah. going on. Why is that? And you think, why is there a double G? Where did that come from? And it's like, right, what, what is going on with this thing? And I just cannot get my head around it. And I think, I don't want to rely on this in a live environment because... I feel I'm just going to be battling this tech, so that's why I prefer to just braille yeah, it. Is that just a, because you're if you're unfamiliar? If you're, if you're, yeah, and plus it feels like wood chip paper, well, wallpaper to me. When you get it comes up, <laughs> yes. get blisters on my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, you talk about old tech. You know, I know, I know, we weren't going to talk about this, but can I do it anyway? Absolutely. Um, well, I, I am going to do it. So that does matter. Um, but before we say that, the two bits of tech that I love the most, right, uh, is my bump ons. Right, I love my bump points. I've got them in my keyboard yep, for, for editing. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I've got a little Phillips tape machine here. You know, the little micro tapes. Mm -hmm. And I'll put all my scripts on there. And I love that you can stop and start it, wind it back if you oh, miss a word. It's like being in the 80s. I'm, I'm heading to Amazon after this. I'm going to find one of those. <laughs> honestly, that back. honestly. Do you know what I've got? I think I've got two of them. So I'm going to have Excellent, I'll have one. Yeah, no, you've already got my braille machine. You're not getting any more. And 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 I, I just love it. I, I it's in my bag. I've got one in my bag all the time. I've got one here in my little home studio. I um, mean, I'm doing scripts. I'm doing voiceovers. Fantastic. It's fine. And it's a piece of kit that's not really changed for how many years? Would you reckon? 
40, yeah. Wait, but what about when the cassette tape gets mangled up or the batteries run out? I mean, you're relying on technology too much. You should be relying purely on... you can change the batteries in it. That's the You can pop the back off and stick some more batteries in. You can take the tape out, throw it away, put a new one in. You don't have to throw the whole thing away and start again. Honestly, it's fantastic. It's a great piece of technology. It's like Braveheart in here all of a sudden. Calm down. Sorry. Freedom with micro cassettes. It's a movie yet to be made. Yes, it is. But but it, it, this idea about reliant technology, I think it's a sliding scale, isn't it? It's just a sliding scale. I just to bring it back to Ida again, and though it seems uh, uh, crazy to do that, given the direction we've gone in. But I I want to keep Ida next year. I want to keep Ida next year. I want it mm. to continue. I want it to be really successful, and I want to use it. As I say, why I'm trying to wean myself off it is because it's my fear of possibly not being able to afford it next year. There you go. I'm giving my psychological... Um, no, it's, very, it's, 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 a, no it's, it's a great point. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, it, it's difficult to know where that cut-off point is, where I'm over-reliant on something. If it makes my life easier, then I'm... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just natural to, to be drawn to it, right? It's, just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, the amount of rubbish I've been able to buy on Amazon, which I wasn't <laughs> able to do before because of Ida. It's because I had to, to, yeah, yeah. exactly. to go and annoy my partner. Hey, Christy, because you couldn't help me buy this on Ida. I used to drive her crazy because I was hopeless at it, you know, and I would buy the wrong thing. Now I go on Ida, and that's a great sense that they can, they'll go through it and help me buy it and find it and get it delivered to my house, or even buying a, a you know, Christmas time. You know, I want to try and buy, I do buy presents for some people, and uh, despite what people say. <laughs> and, you know, being able to do that with someone who can help me buy it and get it posted here is great. I love it. So it's my fear of losing it, I think, is, 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 you know what, is a problem. Uh, the, the, I, there may be, this may be something to do with our community in Hall, because I, I know there's there's people like, oh, this is going to be tricky to say. Just say Okay, it. I'm going to say it. I think there's people out there that are always trying to one-up on our abilities sometimes, you know. I and mean, we talked about the speech rate the other day, uh, about having a, a, a speech oh, yeah, rate the, of the you know, 100%. Yeah, you know, if your speech, speech rate, rate isn't up yeah. there, then you're somehow failing. You know, you're not a proper blind person. Mm-hmm. The, super, the super blind. The super blind. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there is a little bit of that. And I, I kind mm. of get that as well, because sometimes we are a little bit insecure. I, I put my hands up. I am sometimes. So we're always looking for that thing to sort of boost ourselves. I think there is... A little bit of that in there, because I know people would be saying, "Hang on, Ian, why are you relying on someone else to you know, order something from Amazon?" Because you know, Stephen does it forty times a day on his own. It you does, know, it does. But he's 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 his younger, his brain is far more agile than me. Ah, no, no, steady, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, and also, you know, I have to say, for all the things I buy, you know, I've made some absolute corkers of mistakes. I mean, so I, I, I bought once, I was, my neighbour came in, he was fixing the shower, he had to do, do some sealant around the shower for me, the, the sealant was coming away, and he said, um, okay, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll maybe get you to order, you know, whatever the part was, and I said, that's fine, I just gave him my phone, I said, look, just put into that whatever it is, and I'll buy it. So I did, and then, you know, he, he didn't check it, and neither did I, because I assumed he knew what he was doing. Uh, and I ordered it, and twelve boxes of sealant arrived. So I had, I bet, and, and the thing is, everyone in our street, and one way or another, everyone who lives here is in is is in the trades. So I was like, I was like Oprah, you know, you can have sealant, and you can have sealant, and you can have a box of sealant. I'm just giving it away to everybody. They were the all having a great time. Oprah. Yeah, the worst, <laughs> the worst episode of Oprah. Not a new car, sealant. but plenty of sealant that you can uh, you could basically build a house with it. There's so yeah, much of it. Yeah. But the, the point you the point you make, yes, it's my lack of skills. I'm quite happy to accept that, uh, Sean. Yeah, but no, but, no, no. So, so that's not the point. I'm, I'm not saying you should be, uh, you know, that, yes, that's a bad... that's, exa- that's exactly the digging no, 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 making. No, no, no. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I know people, at what point do you cut it off and say, okay... Uh, well, you can also tell people to shut up. I mean, that's another, that's allowed as well. That's the thing. This is that struggle for independence that we're all reaching for. I think it's a very individual thing. It's a But, you know, independence thing. is a bit like the identity thing, you know? I was in a meeting once, someone said to me, I don't like the term sight loss. I wish people wouldn't use the term sight loss because I never lost anything. I've never had any vision. And my response to that was, yeah, but the world isn't revolving around you. That's the point, oh, right? Making you, friends. You, well, 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 well but the point, but I think the point that he makes is quite interesting. Yeah, the point that you're making, Stephen, uh, as we were speaking about this uh, last week over, mm. over our long lunch, is that whether we like it or not, being blind isn't normal. We're not the average. 
We're a tiny minority amongst a tiny minority. That's right. We're uh, a, t- a minority know, within a disability a, a community. Minority. And, and if you're totally blind, let me know. Me, even even tiny minority within the blind population, I will have to accept that we're going to need help to do certain things, and we have to accept it. And and that for some people can be a massive psychological shift. Just to, particularly if you've lost your sight later in life and you can no longer do the things that you used to be able to do, and you have to rely on other people to help you. That's something I came to terms with some time, some time ago. But you also but, have to learn how to live differently with things. I mean, there's, there's just different ways. Yeah. Like we, we, the way we t- use technology is different to other people. And I don't think yeah. that's a bad thing. It's not like it's a, you know, being different isn't bad or doing something differently isn't bad. I mean, if it was, I wouldn't be able to do half the things I do. Yeah, I think that. I think that's true. But I think we, I think we sometimes forget that actually for those Poor sighted people out there. Um, I feel terribly sorry for them sometimes. Yeah. Uh, be facetious, obviously. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we always expect they can do lots of good, they can do, they're fantastic at things. The amount of people I've helped in the office wire their keyboards back up together and their monitor so breaks, yep. you know, and, and it's this idea that we can do stuff. It's just interesting, you know. So we always assume because they can see they, they can do things. You know, the best advocacy, true. the truth is, the best advocacy in the world, I've said this for many, many years. The best advocacy, you know, if you want to do it for as a blind person or as a disabled person, you want to show the world what you're capable of, you know, get yourself a job if you can, get a job, and you'll show the world essentially through that. Because I, I think, you know, in my job, I remember, you know, people would say, you know, I, I used to get lots of interesting comments. And over the years, especially today, you know, today's generation, you know, kind of forgets that the last 40, 50, 100 years happened. And... You know, I, I went through periods where people would say things to me like, I, just, I don't see you as a blind guy. I just don't see you as that. I don't see you as a blind person. Now, today, if you said that to someone, you'd be erasing my identity. But, you know, actually, in some ways, it was a bit of a tribute to me because I thought, well, okay, that's good. You know, that means Oof. I'm not... But well, I was okay with it at the time. But, but don't you think it's quite good to accept the fact that somebody gives us a hand sometimes? I could say to my producer, yeah. she may say, I'm going to get this. And, oh, no, I'll do it. You know, half an hour later, I'm still looking for it. In 30 seconds, she's found it. Yeah, yeah. And there becomes yeah. a point that, you know, it's not easy. Being green. It's not easy being blind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to accept that sometimes it can be difficult and sighted people just do it. And so the and we're also being, all different. And we're all can, I just, can I just say that? Because this 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 nonsense I hear sometimes I, I read so much garbage on Twitter sometimes from supposed disabled advocates who talk as if they're talking about all of us. And I'm I, and I feel sometimes it's like guys. You're not speaking for everybody. You're speaking for yourself. Can you just say that? Can you say this is my view? This is what I think. But don't 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 put it out there as if this is the way the world thinks because it doesn't. We don't all speak as one. In fact, that's actually the very thing I spent my life trying to tell people we don't do because that's what a lot of people think disabled people do. Oh, you all just think the same way. It's why it's why if someone has an interaction, a negative interaction with a disabled person. They'll often think the next disabled person will be the same. Well, you know, I, I met a disabled person once. He was terrible. <laughs> I'll never talk to any of them again. I'll bet a few of them. No, it, it is it is a good point. And going back, we were talking Ian before about you know when we, the college that we went to over here in the UK, a blind college, and you were saying that it's where you learn to be blind. And I, I think, as well as touch typing, the best thing I took away was. What blindness was, because yeah. as, as someone with RP who was losing his sight, and I went to you know, a mainstream school and never really mixed, didn't know anyone with a visual impairment or blind back in the day, I had my preconceived notion of what blindness was, and it wasn't good. No. But then when I went to college and mixed with everyone else, you know, same age, older, I, I, I realised it's it's actually it's not what I thought it was, and it, did it you was find, fantastic. Did you, did, did you find your people? I did. I did. I found my people and I loved them. I, t- I tell you the thing that struck me, right? I was, I was at school, I, the school, school that I was at, right? It was interesting. There were all these people who were really good at football. They were really good at football. And I thought I was really bad at football just because I couldn't see. And that was the excuse when I, until I got to the blind college and realised I was just bad at football. Because yeah. people who get less sight than me were really yes, good at football or soccer, as you could they call it in Canada and America. So <laughs> I, I discovered that actually, and that was an amazing, that was an amazing thing to, it sounds negative, but actually it was very freeing. It was very but freeing. I think you, you, you both raised some interesting points about this because it's it's not just 
this is why I'm really against the one true opinion people and the, the idea that we're all separate and different. It's why I'm against the identity politics of today, because I just I, I don't like putting people in boxes. We're all we all have so much in common. We also have a lot that divides us, but we have a lot that that, set, that brings us together as well as people. Right. Not as disabled or as whatever, but as as people. And I think that, you know, when someone becomes blind, they can still have the same fears, the same concerns, the same worries. Uh, you know, that they had before they were blind, when they knew maybe nothing else about it. Because there's a lot of people who will listen to this show who I think feel very alone in their blindness and they don't really know what to do. And I know there are people who listen to this show who feel conversations like this, these real honest conversations about what life is like, help them to realise that when they think this, they're not alone. And I think that's important. I'm, I'm thinking about self-identifying as a sighted person. How's that going? <laughs> Not very well. Has anyone chucked your car keys yet? <laughs> Honestly, it's such an interesting conversation, but I, I do think there's a lot to, I mean, there's a lot, there'll be a lot to unpack and I can't wait to see the inbox next week. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is going to be an interesting one to, to see what people think about all this because, you know, I, I'm full, especially I'm fully I'm fully, I'm fully aware, I'm fully aware that this whole conversation has been full of utter contradictions. Yeah, we have con- you know, life and, that's, and, and that's that's a complication about it sometimes, isn't yeah. it? We're full of we are full of contradictions. Well, we start yeah. off with the premise of okay, how could we live without Ira? But of course, the the contradiction is we don't want to live without Ira. That's to. the point. That's the whole point. I don't want to live without yeah. it. Yeah, I I want to keep my addiction. Thank you. I like it. And it's the but same I for fear, me with I Braille. Fear. It's the same for me with Braille. Mm. I find Braille difficult. I find it challenging. I find sometimes the society around it just a bit. You know, a bit of a secret world that I just can't seem to penetrate at all. Uh, and then at the same time, I think, God, if I, I wish I had just got in earlier on this. You know, I wish I had got in earlier because I, this is this could be in such a valuable part of my life. I was in a different position because my school just didn't teach me it because I was partially sighted. So you know, vision won't change. So why bother teaching him? And that was where I more, started out. This is more the, psychi- the psychiatrist's chair today, isn't it? Rather than yeah, we, we do this every so often, don't we, Sean? And I'm uh, it works. Filling yeah. up here. No, it works. It's good. Uh, but listen, it's been really interesting. I think, you know, the, the, the thing I'm taking away from this is uh, how much does a micro cassette recorder cost? That's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. He's on Amazon right now. I'll, I'll shock you. It cost me, it was a Philips one, uh, over £300. Wow. Incredible. And you probably could buy a little digital recorder for what, what, 30 quid? Yeah. $30, $40? Yeah. Yeah. Micro speak for that kind of money, or yeah. yeah. Uh, Ian, it's been great having you on. Come back soon. We'll do this again. It's been a lot Thanks, of fun. Thank you. Uh, keep your feedback coming feedback at doubletaponair.com can't wait to see what you write on on this one uh, also you can call us and leave us a voicemail if you'd rather uh, the number is one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. 4567 we're off Monday for Family Day in Canada so don't look for us Monday we will be back on Tuesday as we look ahead to the Zero Project Conference that uh, takes care of next week's shows uh, from Vienna in Austria we'll catch you then Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.